0: Hey, welcome to Unfiltered, real church planning discussions and uh, a place where you get what you get and you can't throw a fit. So I'm Lee Stevenson and I am the uh, Executive Director of Church Planning for Converge, overseeing church planning for our national movement. Along with me, my co-host, this is Danny. And Danny, say hi.
1: Hello everyone. Danny Parmelee here. I work uh, with church planners in Converge Mid-America. Our Mid America region, and excited to be here.
0: Yeah, we um, uh, we we left off the last episode talking about key questions that church planters have a tendency to wrestle with, um, and we, we talked specifically through three of kind of five key questions. So we've talked through um, how do I get paid? You know, when when a planter um, goes through an assessment process, they decide yes, we've got a green light, we're going forward. There's always that gulp, like oh no, now. You know, now it gets real, and how are we going to make money? Um, Second key question was how do I make that transition, and whether or not you're on staff or even out of the corporate world, making that transition is important. And then also, we talked a little bit, um, finished off last episode talking about how this affects the family dynamics and some key things to think through when it comes to um, your marriage and even the relationship that you have with your kids and protecting that relationship as, as well. I want to pick up, Danny, where we uh, where we left off, and I want us to begin talking a little bit about um, tribal alignment. In other words, um, one of the questions that a lot of planters have to wrestle through is, will I have a tribe? In other words, um, who who should I pair up with? Should I pair up... Is this something I want to go on my own and do? Um, I know more recent, um, we've, we've heard it put this way, that there's kind of a NASCAR way of planting. that you know. In other words, we want to see how many stickers that we can put on the, the car and, and kind of show our sponsors. In other words, um, why don't you get us going, talking a little bit yeah. about tribal alignment, Um, advantages disadvantages and why somebody may want to lean that way
1: yeah I think the the first uh, question that um, guys are are kind of asking is if at all they'll be involved in a tribe or if not and church planters kind of by nature they're kind of the the cowboys and pioneers and you're church planting because you want to kind of blaze your own trail and cut your own path and so for some of them uh, they feel that the greatest freedom uh, that they can have is to not um, be a part of any network or denomination or sponsor or tribe. That way they can just do absolutely anything that they want. And uh, there, there's maybe a little bit of an appeal to that. I, I think that it's uh, less and less now, though, uh, that we're, we're seeing that more – uh, guys are seeing that um, uh, those that align with a tribe with a, a network or denomination um, are actually planting stronger and healthier churches, and so because they 're aware enough to say, "Well I want to be as fruitful and as successful as possible uh, there 's probably something to this and of course i mean we 're totally biased in the sense that we 're you know we 're converged're we 're a tribe and so um, Guys that are saying, "Hey, I want to make it alone." I'm even at the point of saying, "Like, hey, even if it is not converge, you really ought to think of doing this." The the small advantage that you may have from complete freedom uh, is uh, nothing in comparison to actually having people come around you and uh, support you and and uh, really kind of walk this journey uh, with you. So, I would say to answer your question directly, the of the um, why why go it alone? It would just be to have complete freedom. <laughs> The why not is man? You're going to hit some of those bumps. You're going to hit some of those challenges, and uh, to have a group of people around you that really support you is really, really an important uh, thing. So I think I think the question then kind of becomes the who, and uh, as I interact with uh, uh, with with planters, I I do tell them I will say pick your tribe well. Um, don't just be chasing after who's going to give you the most money, um, and maybe it is who you already have relationships with, but maybe it's not as well too. Maybe there's a reason that you're looking for uh, a a different tribe. And, you know, I'll always say, hey, we would love to have you be a part of Converge. But honestly, what we want most of all is that you're just connected with someone.
0: What what things do you think planters, if they're leaning towards Mm -hmm. alignment with a tribe, what are the factors that drive alignment? What are they What's yep. the grid or, you yeah. know, maybe somebody's not thinking about a grid, but what would be a yeah. grid that you think planters should think through when it comes to making an alignment choice?
1: So the the three that I see most often are um, theological alignment, model alignment, and money.
0: What? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah so, why don't you explain those? So...
1: so um, yeah. Uh, there's going to be those that say, hey, I am, um, we'll use, for example, I I think that Acts 29 is a great example of this. Uh, They have um, theological distinctives. And so there are guys that also have those theological distinctives. So for them, that is the top priority in aligning with a a tribe. So they would say, hey, that's going to be the group for me because there's this theological alignment. I know that in this circle, uh, there's going to be agreement as what kind of drives even vision values of the, of the network kind of uh, uh, as a whole. Um, there's other groups where they are driven a bit more by model. So I, I believe, and you know I'm not hundred percent familiar, but even with Arc, for example, that they are uh, they emphasize more launching large,, yeah, and yeah. that's their model. And so guys that are like, hey, I want to be part of that, And they may be different places theologically, but hey, this is the model. Uh, uh, type of thing. And so there's kind of a driving point there. And then the third one, which is the one I caution against the most, is guys will be attracted to a network simply by money. Who's going to give me the most money? Then say I don't care what they believe. I don't care what their model is. I just want to go to this network because it has the most money, which I think there's a danger there. It's a part of it. Financial resources. Yeah, you want to count the cost. You want to count the cost, but I've seen guys get in trouble by just choosing which one would give them the most amount yeah. of money?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I see the theological played out all the time. Um, I mm-hmm. see the modality right. or the praxis side, and I would add into that group, um, th- you know, groups like the Anglican Church or mm-hmm. um, the Lutheran Church. Like they have a certain way, a certain liturgy to the mm-hmm. way that they run things, and even down to their service um, or governance um, mm-hmm. of how the, the church is governed. Um, um, I would even add a fourth one, saying relational. Mm-hmm. Um, that there, there are, there are groups of people that you just relationally really connect to. You, yeah. you know, there's a bond, a friendship, and I, I would say that's probably if I was to characterize converge our own movement, mm-hmm. that's probably the bond that holds people together the most. Like, I would say we're strong in theology, mm-hmm. but that's not the primary thing that brings us together. I say we have strong practices, but again, you'll find. a a numerous amount of different practices on how church operates and even governs within our movement. Um, But I I would say that probably one of the driving factors is the relational piece that that, uh, we know we're brotherhood. When you plant with Converge, you have brothers that are in the trenches with you, um, walking with you through that that process. Um, I I agree. I think you need to think through all four of those. Where do you best fit? Where do you best align? Um, If you're asking questions... um, it, take time to interview the tribe that you're looking at wanting to join. Mm-hmm. Understand the nuances. Um, when do they gather? What are yeah. expectations? Yeah. Um, because I, I see what happens is one planter will have multiple loyalties. Mm-hmm. And as a result, they're not budgeting their time or their finances well because they're being pulled in every direction. Yeah. When the reality is they need to give some of that extra time and even probably those finances. Yeah. Into the church. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I've seen guys that have planted with this organization, this organization at the same time, not realizing that both organizations require 10% of their budget yeah. in those early days. They just gave away 20% yeah. of their budget, Right. Um, let alone the expectations, hey, you're going to be at this event or this event, and how do you bridge that pull? Um, it can burn you out pretty yeah. quickly in the, those early days of a church.
1: Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, speaking to the relational uh, side of it, that's what I, I'll, I'll say is, hey, when you're when you're in a room, um, or you see guys from that network, does that energize you yeah. or or to not? Um, and uh, what I've I, what I think is interesting in just church planting right now is that you'll have um, denominations that have been around uh, for a while or networks that have been around for a while, like Converge, and then you have some that are really recent within the even last ten, fifteen years. And so you'll see uh, some some differences there, and s- some guys will choose, I just want to be around those that are exactly like me, um, and then some of those that are a little bit have been around longer. There's the diversity, so there are times where you're going to be even a little bit uncomfortable in the sense that, okay, there's someone who's doing it a, a different way, or they've been around longer, but there's also a great advantage to that because you have the maturity of the entire organization, and you've got people that... You know, who have been serving in ministry for a long time, or people who have tried different things in different models. So I, I tell them to really weigh all of those different things.
0: So. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fantastic. What other dangers do you see of, or, or challenges, to put it that mm-hmm. way, of major collaboration? You know, yeah. that that you know, I talked to briefly there for yeah. a moment, but what other dangers do you see that exist out yeah. there?
1: So, so I I think you hit it right on the head that. Um, more and more, both planters and even networks and denominations are talking about collaboration, and I think that, um, that there's a very there's a positive element to that and there's a positive heart to that. But the challenge does become that we, as uh, human beings, we have limited resource and limited time and emotional capacity. And so if there are expectations by each different group, you can begin to kind of spread yourself so thin. So just as a church planner wouldn't want it when their person comes as well. I go to this church on Sunday, but I really like your small groups and I like the missions program over here at this church. We would, <laughs> you know, no, you don't want that because no. as, as much as all of those are part of the kingdom of God and you're all kind of working together at the same goal, you get so sp- spread thin, you actually lose your focus and your effectiveness. And so um, we still do Uh, work with planters if, you know, hey, we just really have a theological alignment. So, you you know, as an example, we do have Converge and Acts 29 churches, and they're they're duly affiliated or they have a a connection to both. But we do have uh, conversations of, okay, well, what will this look like in your financial giving as you, you know, have your missions budget and you're giving back to more church planting? What does this look like as there's different conferences and there's only so many conferences that you can go to? What does it look like for guys that you're going to eventually coach down the line right. and making some of those different choices? So a lot of it has to deal with um, having that communication up front and really knowing what those expectations are. Yeah, working with a planter right now, he didn't have that discussion, and so he he did. He committed 10% of his offerings uh, you know, to, to pay back a, a grant or to pay forward a grant uh, to converge and, and 10% to another, and all of a sudden, yeah, it's like, oh my goodness, there's not enough resources to actually properly uh, plant the church, yeah. you know. So, and yeah. kind of got himself in some some trouble there. So.
0: Um, let's take a moment and let's talk a little bit about um, why we chose to go with Converge. I, I know that both of us, are we have a bias there. I mean, yeah. we work in the administration, <laughs> yeah. um, per se, of, of Converge. But I, I know when we were leaning out to plant, I talked to... Man, four organizations, mm-hmm. um, and then chose the one that I felt best fit. And yeah. even even after we planted with Converge, mm-hmm. there were other groups that tried to woo us away <laughs> yeah. or or you know entice us to to think mm-hmm. dual affiliation. I mean, one of them threw a building at us, saying, "Hey, we'll we'll yeah. give you a building," <laughs> yeah. you know. And that was I mean, That's it was hard. Tempting. It's yeah. very very tempting. Um, to to keep your loyalties pure uh, during those type of contexts. What, for you, um, made you want to choose to go to Converge way? And then I'll talk a little bit about our perspective, too.
1: Yeah, and I think I shared it was episode two during kind of the assessment process uh, for us. So I was at a Converge church, and um, it really was the relationships uh, that were kind of established there. And then after going through... Uh, assessment, having um, you know, being assigned a coach, and having people that were pouring into me, and and honestly, with our church plant, even though we were a pioneer plant, so we weren't a hive off of another church, and we didn't get hundreds of people from other churches, it, a lot of things transpired over the years through through the network and through the connections of converge that even directly fed into mm-hmm. our church. But I would say, honestly, I think the thing most of all for Converge is that I was then given opportunity um, to serve and to pour into others. And, and I think that that's a, that's a huge thing is that um, Converge uh, isn't a um, place where it's like, okay, there's a, f- there's a few leaders at the top and everyone else just kind of follows orders. It really does have a leadership culture where the next generation of leaders and planters as they're coming up. And as God is using them, we want them to pour into the next generation so there's opportunities to to, to teach and to train and, and to lead different things. And so for me, it was that initial kind of relational uh, connection, and then it was the opportunity to continue to grow in my um, own uh, ministry leadership.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. I, I know a lot of similarities there. I think for me, too, the, um, I mean, there was some financial backing, but honestly, there were other groups out there that yeah. probably beat Mm -hmm. the financial backing that we got. But to me, it was the the emphasis on coaching, Mm -hmm. um, that I had people in my corner that I could pull from and that were working with me, Mm -hmm. Um, and even that I had an assigned coach Mm -hmm. that walked with me for five years into Mm -hmm. our our church plant was incredibly helpful. I felt as a young pastor, young church planter, um, they gave me a voice. Like I had a voice at the table um, when it came to our city and just our movement as a whole, and that was refreshing yeah. Um, not to be, you know, put into a drawer somewhere and say, right. "Wait, wait till you mature a little bit." <laughs> yeah. Now you, now yeah. you can come and, and voice your opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I, I agree that um, there was strong theology. There was there was strong commitment. But the brotherhood mm-hmm. piece was was a a thing that I hadn't seen a whole lot of. That yeah. was very appealing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that it comes back to when it comes to having these conversations, choosing a tribe. What would you say versus choosing a tribe and going totally alone?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of shared shared my showed my hand on that a little bit before, but man, just doing it alone it just it just doesn't make any sense. Don't to me. do so it. Don't so do it. That's what he's saying. Uh, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah.
0: As you're having conversations, I think with potential networks mm-hmm. or denominations, make sure expectations are very clear. Yeah. Um, You want more than um, just a a verbal. Mm -hmm. Um, You want to see things in writing and and before you make that commitment, just understand both what your expectation is of them and what their expectation is of you.
1: Yeah, and and a lot of them should or uh, should have covenants, so basically things that that you sign that this is what um, you can expect from them and what they kind of expect uh, from you. Perfect,
0: perfect. Um, The the next next question, kind of wrapping up our key questions um, piece is, what, what will be the most difficult challenge? Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, most planters understand the reality that, hey, this is going to be great. There's an adventure. But with every adventure, there are going to be obstacles. Mm-hmm. Um, knowing what those obstacles are ahead of time can be very, very helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've found that um, I believe that there are three obstacles or challenges that every church planter will face mm-hmm. in their planting time. Um, One being they're going to walk through some type of personal challenge or crisis. Um, They're going to go through a financial crisis. And I think that hits both at the corporate level of the church, but also personally at the family level Mm -hmm. of of the planter. And I I like to tell guys, hey, just know you're going to face shortfalls, both financially from a personal in your home, but also the church. That's normal. Mm -hmm. Because I think a lot of guys, when they face that, they feel like they're a failure or they feel like... We're not making it. Yeah. Uh, maybe we did something wrong. Some, well, sometimes maybe you did do something wrong, but you also need to understand that's just par for the course. Like mm-hmm. this is normal um, things that every planter mm-hmm. faces. And then also you're going to face some type of leadership crisis. Mm-hmm. Um, any of those specifically that you want to yeah. maybe hit upon that you saw and experienced in your own planting?
1: Yeah, so I, I would say um, especially the the leadership one and the reason I think that that sticks out to me uh, is because it's probably the most personal, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, where the other ones like oh, financial. There's not enough money there, and it's like there's never enough money there, uh, type of uh, of thing. But yeah, I think leadership because it's personal. So when you are just investing your life and you are so tied to it, and you're beginning to raise up other disciples and raise up other leaders, and when you begin to experience any sort of backlash, which will happen, I think it's just it's part of um, the sin nature, it's a part of human nature, it's a part of um, spiritual warfare, it, it mm-hmm. honestly is. And when you begin uh, to kind of experience that, which a lot of times can come within the first couple years of, of church planning, and it might have even been that person that was your right hand person, mm-hmm. and, and then all of a sudden, uh, they want to take things in a different direction or they're undermining your leadership, uh, it can just be. Um, a a painful thing and and to lead to lots of hard decisions.
0: Yeah, and and I think you hit upon a key thing there, Danny, that um, sometimes I think we can Mm -hmm. undersell or we we, we don't give enough recognition or respect to the fact that what we're heading into is a very spiritual thing Mm -hmm. and that there will be a spiritual battle involved, that we will um, have... Um, spiritual obstacles that we're going to face um, because uh, this is on the front lines of that that battle. And I think it's easy sometimes to undersell that that point. Now, it's not something to be scared of, but you need to have a healthy understanding Mm -hmm. when you go into this. You're going to face obstacles that come from complete left field that you had right. no idea it was going to be there, and yeah. the reality is it's spiritual in nature. Yeah. Um, it shows its head in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I know for us, we walk through, um, I would say, all three of these things at the <laughs> same time. You know, it, we walk through a personal battle mm-hmm. that um, encompassed my health, mm-hmm. and I'll talk more about that in a future episode, just yeah. the, you know, how do you suffer and lead at the same time, Um but that caused us to have incredible financial heartache personally. Um, and the interesting thing was our financial heartache landed at the same time um, that the church finances were, were being challenged. And then I had leaders turn against me mm-hmm. in the midst of our personal battle as as mm-hmm. well. And um, it was awful. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. But it was definitely one of our darkest days of, of mm-hmm. ministry was walking through that season. Um I'm thankful Mm -hmm. that God took us down that road, and I learned a whole lot um, about me, about people, about him, Mm -hmm. um, and I'll look forward to sharing some of those details later down the road. Um, I don't care to repeat them, (laughs) to to, to put it that way, Um, but I I think it's just healthy to understand, like, there will be challenges. There will be obstacles, but you have to remind yourself that he who is in you is greater than he is in this world, Mm -hmm. and, you know, this is where your faith... You got to walk by faith. You got to lead mm-hmm. in the midst of those those challenges. Both lead yourself, lead your family, lead mm-hmm. the church. Um, and to me, is it's your your darkest moments are also the greatest opportunities for God to show Himself. Yeah.
1: yeah, absolutely. I think with the spiritual warfare thing, and understand I'm not a person that just like you know someone sneezes and it's like spiritual warfare, yeah, and that yeah, yeah. Um, that when you can understand that, when you do have. Leadership backlash. It, it 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 allows you to even value the person more and to even extend grace to that person because you're understanding that there are spiritual forces at work and to even just take a step back before you just all of a sudden, you know, uh, tear into who that person is as a as an actual person. So um, I'm saying this hindsight that I wish I would have recognized <laughs> sure. that during during the time instead of just. Um, essentially demonizing the person, uh, but of, of really recognizing that.
0: So. Oh, that's that's great. And, and I, I know that mm-hmm. you, there's probably really some of you out here listening to this, you're planting, you may be walking through one of these obstacles right now, and you're just, you feel alone. I, I want you to know you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, we're here, and there are a lot of planters around the, the, the world that have been there, they understand, that um, would love to be able to walk with you, pray with you. Um, and if you're out there and you, you may be considering, hey, should I join a tribe? Um, if you don't have a tribe, I, I invite you to join us And uh, as we move forward and trying to expand the kingdom of God and, and see people come to Christ. Um, if there's anything that we can do for you, feel free to reach out to us at churchplanningatconverge.org, um, Churchplanning@converge.org. Love to be able to have a conversation with you and see how we can help you in the midst of your situation. Um, that wraps up our, our key questions podcast and uh, I want to thank you again for joining us in our unfiltered podcast until next time keep it real